if the U.S. government, the media, the legal system, and the church can't keep democracy alive. It's time for a state sale, a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. Thanks for joining us once again on a state sale, where we investigate why our American democracy is failing. I'm co-host Lori Lattimore-Volkman. And I'm Brad Rayleigh, the funny one. <laughs> the one who cusses the most. <laughs> we are going to bust open five of the most absurd myths that the GOP would like voters to believe as they head to the polls in November. And Brad, I'll let you start us off. Yeah, so the first one, of course, is that Joe Biden is... Oh, there's so much in this sentence. Um, <laughs> Well, actually, in this idea, one of them is that he's a liberal extremist. I think Trump has referred to him as being part of the extreme left. And I have no idea what those terms actually mean, <laughs> except for, you know, they're just they're just ways of uh, calling uh, people names. And then, of course, there are other people who are saying that he is going to voting for him. Franklin Graham said this voting for him would be voting for socialism. If, if I didn't want to protect brain cells, I would be pounding my head into my <laughs> microphone right now just because the idea that Joe Biden, one of the more centrist Democratic senators and politicians who's been around since Abraham Lincoln was shot, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he's been <laughs> in our political discourse for so long. He is one of the more known quantities in our political system. I mean, I can't think of anybody that we know more about in terms of his where he stands on voting issues. And that stance is so far from liberal left to the <laughs> point that I think, uh, you know, my my truly liberal progressive friends, the younger ones who are uh, who really love Bernie and, and some of who loved Warren. But the idea somehow that Joe Biden to them, the idea that Joe Biden is some kind of liberal left, they're sitting there going, I'm not sure he's even liberal at all. I mean, they're not, they see him as a conservative. And by the way, to that point, uh, I argued for years that that both the left and the right misread Obama, that they uh, the, the left wanted him to be more liberal and progressive than he was. And the right, of course, wanted him to be a Marxist uh, uh, Kenyan. Um, but. Neither one of them was right, actually, that he was always I always thought that that Barack Obama and I think Joe Biden fits in here, although we'll talk about a little bit how he's gotten pushed. But both of them, their political instincts would make them a Republican in the Eisenhower administration, that they would be except for the fact, of course, that Barack Obama is the wrong skin color. But <laughs> I mean, politically, those two would have been very comfortable in that kind of uh moderate Republican administration. They would have been perfectly comfortable in that time. The fact that the Republican Party has moved so far to the right that they can now refer to Joe Biden, of all people, as a socialist, is the most insane thing I've heard. I mean, this is a guy who who has come out against um, Medicare for all, who has, um, you know, has historically been far more supportive of the, of the police than progressives are uh, now who has been uh, hawkish on a lot of foreign policy issues, who has been uh, pretty pro-banker, pro, you know, I mean, yes, he does like the working class, but I, I, you know, I mean, now what I said earlier, I do think that Joe Biden has been pulled to the left. I think he's been actually pushed to the left. He's been pushed to the left. No, no, it is pull. Sorry. 
because he was actually yeah sorry i got my uh, because well i mean to a certain degree he's been pushed to the left by trump and 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 the gop because they're so so radicalized right that they you know but um you know bernie's pulled him to the left uh elizabeth warren has pulled him to the left aoc has pulled him to the left i mean the, the democratic party has as finally shifted to the left uh, after those years in the 90s when the Clintons, where they were really pretty conservative. It was a conservative party. There were very few really liberal left voices. So this long-winded rant to go, the, the idea somehow that any Republican could say with straight face um, that Joe Biden is a, is a you know leftist radical who's leading us towards socialism, that person is on drugs and not the good kind. They, they need to... <laughs> They need to either up their meds or get off of them completely because that's just that's just fucking insane that you could have <laughs> Joe Biden, you know, and, and honestly, I felt like that this is kind of like that they they had written up these talking points and those talking points were for Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders if they were to win. Um, and they just they haven't they haven't updated them. So they, yeah. they they're like, well, they weren't planning on an old white guy to right. be the opponent. And so they're trying right. to just retrofit their argument against the democratic candidate for a guy that is not that much different than themselves. Right. Right. And again, I, the, the thing I see as a difference with him is I think Joe is willing to learn that he's not just closed minded. He's going to hire good people to be around him. All those things that I think are incredibly valuable, but his basic instinct is to essentially defend market capitalism, minimize the need for the social safety net, all the things that Democrats have essentially spent the last 25 years, you know, remembering Bill Clinton doing the welfare reform. It's like he's kind of a pragmatist, like knowing what's going to be viable and what he's going to be able to get away with, recognizing that the party has moved to the left and that, you know, most of his opponents in the primary were, were far to the left of him. Yeah. Understanding that part of the reason he became the nominee wasn't because the party suddenly went ma- moderate. It was partly because South Carolina was the last one to do a vote before the pandemic. (laughs) People like Pete Buttigieg and Amy Klobuchar jumped ship to support him because they wanted to, you know, kind of protect the the more moderate part of the Democratic Party. And then things went crazy. I think it would have been a very different primary and possibly different outcome even. Regardless... Right. What was what I think is very encouraging about all that is Biden did recognize that just because he was the nominee didn't mean that his policy stances were the most popular, right? With the party and and even with the country. And, and I will say, by the way, that the Democratic Party is still uh, more conservative than it's. I mean, this is true. This is kind of a truism. They're more conservative as a party. Than, than, you know, the progressive left. I mean, they have been for a long time. There is still an old, there's a hardcore kind of working class. I've been trying to explain this recently to people who, who want to go on this bullshit rant about both parties are essentially the same. And I'm like, all right, where do I start? Because I, can, can, you, can you take out a pad and pencil? Because I've got a list here. But, you know, you look at, at, at the, the biggest problem the Democratic Party has had since probably since the new deal. I mean, that whole new deal co- coalition was always one that was a little bit held together with shoestrings. And, um, and then as you move into the sixties, you added, you added people like, uh, feminists and environmentalists. And so you have feminists and environmentalists and labor all in the same party. 
And there have been so many times when those interests are not headed in the same direction. It makes perfect sense. I mean, that you know, that right. labor's like, no, we don't want environmental restrictions because it costs us jobs and that kind of stuff, you know. And that's been the the challenge for so long. So there's always been a really conservative, uh, not not like Southern Democratic conservative clan member, but you know, there's always been a conservative kind of you know, Western farmers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, um, and so it makes perfect sense that honestly in the middle of chaos, even before the pandemic, there are still an awful lot of people who gravitated to what they're more comfortable with, which, which is an old white guy. And I, and I, you know, we were in agreement, we wanted somebody different and we were, you know, we didn't get who we wanted in this, in this race. But, um, but as I tried to explain to a couple of Bernie people, you know, I was like, Look, hey, your guy lost ground between th 2016 and 2020. He lost ground in working class people. He lost ground among African-Americans. So you may love him and you may think that he's, you know, has reinvented um, baked bread or something. I'm not sure. But <laughs> that was dismissive <laughs> and and possibly intended. So uh, but but, you know, I mean, but regardless, he was losing ground and and, and Biden has widespread appeal uh, um maybe people don't love him but people don't hate him you right. know i mean that's 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 a big part of i think how he's able to be where he is absolutely i, mean, I don't know which but it was the new york times the washington post or maybe the atlantic pointed out that one of the reasons unfortunately that biden is doing so well against trump is because he's a man and we don't have a female candidate and i think you know it's true yeah. this country just yeah. oh as much as so many people are ready for all those progressive things a person of color woman maybe even a at some point an lgbtq candidate ultimately everyone kind of gets nervous and i think with trump i think this happened more so mm. in this election is People, even very progressive people, Trump makes us very afraid because of how he ran the last campaign. He'll be yeah. negative. He'll cheat. They will use voter suppression to get their way. And so you worry so much about whether your more fringe progressive candidate can beat all that, even though lots of indicators say they could. In the end, you want to go with a more safe choice because you want to go with something yeah. familiar that you think is more electable anyway biden ended up benefiting from all of that fear i well, agree completely one thing i'd like you to also address because this one always makes me insane on social media in particular is just this idea that no matter who the democrat was going to be is now the u.s is going to become socialist as if we don't already have socialistic policy in our government as if socialism and communism and marxism are all the same like i get really yeah. frustrated that people do not know their history they don't know their political science they don't they don't know basic definition and it's kind of like troy mentioned to us it ends up just being a word to say they don't know the meaning they don't even know the implication but they think it'll shut everybody up oh right. he's just going to make a socialist and all yeah. of those people who agree with that person are like yeah but they don't know what socialism means they don't know how it's different from anything else but unfortunately, that total ignorance and lack of education, <laughs> which is a whole other issue, but really is keeping a lot of people who might be otherwise well-meaning in their voting just so afraid that we're going to be something that we absolutely won't be. I think they think of communism first or yeah. 
where they pull out like a failed experiment like uh, Venezuela. I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think there's a couple of things going on. I think for one thing, Republicans are starting to see younger people who actually are no longer afraid of the word socialism mm -hmm. um, because I think they're seeing it in the context of Scandinavian countries, which really aren't really socialist, but they have strong, they str have strong kind of social uh, welfare benefits, but they still have free market system. They still have entrepreneurs. They still have private property, all right. those kinds of things. I, I can't think of any country right now they just have free college and free healthcare, which, boy, damn those things. Who wants that? Right, and of course, and of course, they pay taxes for them, and they pay right. a lot higher taxes than we do. But this is the part that is so frustrating in our kind of libertarian-leaning, you know, individualistic uh, country, is that we often, and I think Republicans have been very adept at this, is that they hide where your taxes are, so you can cut your income taxes. Um, and it's what I think Paul Krugman referred to as a tax shift. Your ultimate tax burden didn't go down because your property taxes probably went up to shore up some of your local stuff. Your fees, licenses, local taxes of all sorts that are often not framed as taxes, their permit fees or their, you know, something like that have all gone up. Or in the fact of my uh, conservative friends who have uh, kids headed off for college, Right. A great example of, I mean, where, <laughs> I mean, you and I have lived through this of watching where, you know, we, when we first started college, our tuition was shockingly high compared to our parents. But in retrospect, now that was <laughs> dirt cheap right. and it's been skyrocketing up. And so you can see a situation where, where those people are so oblivious. They're like the frog in the water. They've been paying higher taxes at almost every level of things but for some reason they don't conceptualize those as taxes and so all they look at is what they send the irs that's what a socialist democratic system could do is to simply kind of even out some of those things you'd still you'd actually pay probably more in your income tax to have your health care covered every one of those people and i didn't even mention that every person who is on a plan every year their costs go up that's a clear way in which you are taxed um at every level all of those things are going up and, you know, we could, we could manage that. And I think actually there's a lot of younger people, a lot of Bernie people. I mean, I'll credit him for this, but a lot of Elizabeth Warren uh, followers who have said, why don't we all pool in here? I mean, why right. don't we pool in here and actually take care of some of these things? Not everything. We're not the Soviet Union. We're not going to have the government making cars because they're really crappy at making cars. We don't have the government make planes because they, they don't do that. They outsource that. And I think this is interesting. I, my suspicion is, by the way, that play to the word socialism is all for older people. I mean, older people yeah. who were raised in the Cold War, who who saw that and they see socialism there as a as a slippery slope to communism, to authoritarianism and not recognizing all of the countries that do so many of these things outcome wise better than we do. To me, even recognizing how and those people in particular, the older Americans, Medicare, Social Security, they are benefiting more than anybody else from the socialist type policies that our government does do. And they're the right. ones bitching the most about, how, you know, we're going to turn right. socialist. What do you pay when you go to the doctor? Probably almost nothing. They're most likely to use your public library, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, your point's well taken. And it's, it's um, this is where, you know, you're right. It is the education system, which has really uh, uh, failed us. And this this hyper nationalist um, political dialogue, which both this is one area where area where I will blame both parties. I mean, there was a period there where both parties were just 
you know, contributed to this, you know, the, the Democrats ran away from any kind of perception that they might be left leaning or pink. Remember that? I yes. mean, in the 60s, yeah. you could actually you could actually accuse somebody of being pink, which meant that they were, you know, tinging towards <laughs> communists that you could, you know, I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. This know? is I where mean, political advertising and campaign messaging really just ruins yeah. everything because they yeah. they go for hyperbole and they go for maximum dramatic effect and not truth and not education and then and then people actually think the wrong things or they you know they are misled right. your point is actually very good if we would just educate people a little bit about where your taxes are going you know so if you want police you got to pay some taxes yeah. you want right. those nice parks to go to the public parks it doesn't even have to be the public schools you just want to go to parks you want to have um, all these nice things in your community who pays for that? The government doesn't, right. they, how do they pay it? Because of you. Like, right. yeah. there's not just some fund that says here, you can have all these nice things, but don't make people pay right. taxes. By the way, this, this goes well beyond even that. I was thinking about environmental stuff that, that you get people who are critical or don't want regulations on their cars or on, on like, uh, everything from dumping batteries or whatever thing else. And you know, that's another way where, and this, I think Robert Kennedy, who's been completely wrong on vaccines, but it, but I think he made a really good point about this in terms of environmentalism is that we've hidden the costs. It's another way of doing that. You yeah. hide the costs of the environmental stuff. And so, you know, you buy that car. We should have, when we buy a car, built into that the cost of disposing of that car when it is no longer functioning. Right. Same with the tires, same with the batteries, all that stuff. That should be built into the cost because we end up paying for it. We end up paying for it and oftentimes in the least efficient way possible. Right. Sort of like, you know, people going to the emergency room for a cold, you know, instead of a <laughs> primary doctor or an urgent care. I mean, that kind right. of thing. So, you know, it's, right. it's the same kind of thing. Okay, so if you're playing at home, here are your takeaways when your conservative friends try to argue that Democrats are going to cause this country to become socialist. First, Socialist is not the same thing as communism. So remind them, America isn't going to become the Soviet Union circa 1980 all of a sudden. And the democratic socialism that already exists in this country in many ways, with Social Security and Medicare benefits, still embraces capitalism and a free market. Nothing is going to change about freedoms in America. What democratic socialists do want to offer our current system is a more efficient way of providing things like health care and public education to the masses. So yes, your income taxes would likely increase, but the constantly increasing health care premium, for instance, that you pay to billionaire CEOs of health insurance companies would disappear. The insane cost of tuition to public colleges and universities would go away. More people paying into a system to publicly fund the education or the health care would mean much lower costs or none at all for everyone. Finally, never mistake Joe Biden for a quote, liberal extremist of the radical left. He's a solid man with compassion for his fellow humans and a commitment to a better, healthier, more diverse America. And he is showing his adaptability for a more progressive agenda. But he is no radical. He also is not a fascist like his Republican opponent who seeks to be above the law and rule with fear and lies. Seems like a really easy choice to me. It's time for a state sale. 
a podcast on American democracy, because America is better than this. <laughs>